Bobby Lashley is at the top in the world of pro wrestling. At the time of recording this, he is the current WWE champion, which is an accomplishment years in the making for him. But in between that time, he pursued a career in mixed martial arts, and his skills in amateur wrestling translated well as he racked up a record of 15 wins and 2 losses. Despite his impressive resume, he never got the opportunity to fight in the UFC. And in general, his run in MMA tends to be overlooked. So how good was Bobby Lashley actually? Hey guys, it's Keon, and today we're going to be talking about Bobby Lashley. Yes, this video is coming after my Brock Lesnar video. And it's not only because I love the theme of pro wrestlers entering MMA, but Brock without a doubt had the most success out of all of them, which makes his career in MMA a prime example to compare to. So I do apologize if I mention him a lot. But doing this gives us an idea of what Bobby's career was like. Why didn't the UFC take a risk in signing him? How come Bobby never became popular in MMA? In this video, we will take a look at that and more to really understand how good he was. But first, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamaru podcast. And as always, the money goes to charity. Now let's get to it. Bobby began his MMA career on December 13th, 2008 at the age of 32. He had been wrestling from high school to college and in the army. And although he had aspirations to wrestle at the 2004 Olympic Games, Bobby witnessed a bank robbery which forced him to die for cover. This resulted in a serious knee injury which required surgery. And this put an end to his amateur career in wrestling. He went on to find success in the WWE between 2005 and 2008. And after being released by the promotion in February of 2008, he set his eyes on MMA. His first opponent was Joshua Franklin, and Bobby dominated by securing an early takedown and throwing ground and pound. This led to more shots on the feet. And after 41 seconds, the doctor stopped the fight due to a cut on Joshua's forehead. Three months later, he fought Jason Guida and defeated him by unanimous decision. Following this win, Bobby fought Mike Cook. Bobby immediately connected with a right hand that forced a desperation takedown from Mike. But Bobby defended well and got a hold of a guillotine that put Mike to sleep. The fight lasted 24 seconds. A month later, Bobby fought Bob Sapp. Bob came rushing in immediately, but Bobby shot for a takedown and secured it. This led to Bob eating big shots off his back. This continued for most of round 1 before Bobby landed some big right hands that forced a tap. In January of 2010, he made his strike force debut. His first opponent was Wes Sims. Despite Wes's early taunting in the fight and being the bigger and more experienced fighter, Bobby was able to secure a takedown which led to ground and pound. Wes was unable to do anything off his back and was taking a lot of damage to the head. This forced him to cover up and ultimately, Bobby finished him with punches. Yeah, that taunting was a bad idea. 7 months later, Bobby fought Chad Griggs. Bobby started strong by securing a takedown and maintaining top position. And even though Chad got up, Bobby took him down once again. When it got back to the feet this time, Chad connected with a big knee in the clinch. This changed the momentum big time. And when Bobby shot for another takedown, he ate an uppercut that opened up a cut under his eye. But he still managed to end the round on top. And in the second, he continued to control the action by securing a huge takedown which led to the mount and ground and pound. This continued for the entire fight until the refs stood the fight back up due to inactivity, which is absolutely crazy because Bobby had the full mount. And after the doctor inspected Bobby's cut, the action continued on the feet. There was 33 seconds left in round 2. Bobby shot for another takedown but got denied. This led to Chad unloading a bunch of hammer fists before the bell rang. But Bobby was clearly rocked and unable to stand up, which forced the ref to stop the fight. Bobby was taken off on a stretcher due to dehydration. And apparently he was suffering from mono prior to this fight and was unable to train for months. After this defeat, Bobby fought John Ott. Bobby was dominant from the start as he took John down and threw ground and pound. In fact, the fight looked close to being stopped early in round 1, but John survived and continued to take a beating. In round 3, Bobby was exhausted and looked like he'd easily go down with one good punch, but he secured another takedown and threw punches until the end of the fight. After 3 rounds, Bobby won by unanimous decision. He went on to win the Shark Fights Heavyweight Championship against Carl Noth before fighting James Thompson. Bobby opened up the fight with a big right hand which was followed 
followed by a takedown, but James was able to get back up. Once they separated, Bobby unleashed a barrage of punches that clipped James a couple of times. This led to another takedown, but Bobby didn't do much as once again, James was able to get back up to his feet. They had another exchange in the clinch before Bobby took the fight down again, but the action didn't last long on the floor as James stood back up. Bobby was visibly tired at this point and although he shot for another takedown, James denied it and threw knees in the clinch. One of the knees went low and Bobby was given time to recover, and you best believe that he milked as much time as possible. When the action continued, Bobby had energy to connect with some nice punches before the end of the round. But at the start of round 2, James connected with a nice 1-2 combo. He followed this with knees, punches, and elbows in the clinch. Bobby tried very hard to bring the fight down, but was unable to. He did connect with some nice punches in this round, but it wasn't enough. And although both men retired going into the final round, it was James who was the fresher fighter. But once again, he connected with another knee that went low. Now I'm not saying Bobby was fortunate for this to happen to him, but he did get a good amount of time to catch his breath. And with two nut shots, referee Mark Goddard definitely should have taken away a point from James. Regardless, the action continued, and with Bobby's takedown denied again, the two traded in the clinch, which was to James's favor. And that's how most of the round went before a final exchange that saw both men swinging wildly. After three rounds, James won by unanimous decision. But personally, I scored it as a draw, as a point should have been deducted due to the two shots down low. 13 months later, Bobby fought Kevin Asplund. Bobby secured the takedown right away. Kevin managed to get up for a moment, but quickly got taken down again and ate some shots off his back. In fact, the fight looked moments from being stopped before the end of round one. But Bobby continued to dominate in round two by securing another takedown early. This led to an Americana that forced Kevin to tap. Following this victory, he fought Matthew Larson. Bobby brought the fight down in the opening minute. This led to punches and although Matthew attempted to Kimura off his back, Bobby defended well and went on to lock in a rear naked choke that forced the tap. After winning his next fight against Tony Melton, which made Bobby the XFN heavyweight champion, he signed with Bellator. His first opponent was Josh Burns. Despite Josh sporting the gladiator trunks, which I personally think looks cool, he got taken down and ate a bunch of shots off his back. He tried to stand back up, but this gave Bobby the opportunity to lock in a rear naked choke, which forced the tap. At Bellator 130, he fought Carl Etherington. It took Bobby 90 seconds to secure a takedown and finish Carl with vicious ground and pound. Bobby went on to pick up three more wins against Dan Charles, James Thompson, and Josh Appelt. The lack of footage of these fights online really shows how little Bellator cared in giving Bobby a promotional push. Because after going on a five-fight win streak with a promotion, Bobby re-signed with the WWE in 2018. And although Bellator said he was still under contract with them, after four years of inactivity, Bobby got released in October of 2020. As I make this video, he is 44 years old and hasn't fought since 2016. And a return is highly unlikely at this point as he is doing some big things in pro wrestling right now. He is the current WWE champion. 2021 has been great for him and I'm happy he's getting a push in pro wrestling. So after going 15-2 and in a career that saw him become the XFN and Shark Fights heavyweight champion, how good was Bobby Lashley actually? He was definitely a good fighter. Which is impressive whenever that could be said about a pro wrestler. Because many expect them not to succeed in MMA. But Bobby was an amazing amateur wrestler. Which is always good for a fighter to excel in when they enter MMA. His game plan for every fight was clear. And that was to secure the takedown quickly and get to work on the ground. He was a smaller heavyweight but he was also very strong and fast. Which helped him secure takedowns and maintain top control. On the ground he would usually batter his opponents with punches. But as he grew as a fighter he began to add submissions to his game which not only helped him stop the fight faster. But also conserve energy in comparison to throwing ground and pound. And cardio was an issue for Bobby in a lot of fights. He would go all out in round 1 with takedowns and ground and pound. Which was effective but very tiring. So if his opponent managed to get past the first, Bobby would usually be in trouble. He would attempt takedowns but they'd get denied easily now. And with the fight standing, although Bobby was able to connect, he wasn't a fighter who could control the action on the feet. Which was another thing I wish he focused more on and tried to improve as it would have truly made him an all around fighter.
fighter. But I can only imagine how tiring it must be to carry all that muscle during a three round fight. And although he blew out his gas tank in some of his fights, it only led to the loss twice out of 17 bouts. And in fact, I think Bobby should have no defeats on his record. And that's because those losses were controversial. The fight against Chad Griggs was so unfair and if it happened today, there would be an uproar. Although Bobby was slowing down in this fight, he was still winning due to his top control. And for the ref to stand the fight back up after Bobby was in the full mount was crazy. Especially since that led to the finish by Chad. And on top of all of that, Bobby was suffering from mono prior to the fight and couldn't train because of it. Even his fight against James Thompson had its share of controversy. James had no point deducted after two knees to the groin. Yes, I get that they were unintentional, but in such a close fight, it really mattered. And in my opinion, the fight should have been ruled as a draw. Regardless, Bobby went on to avenge that loss in dominant fashion in their second matchup. So overall, he built an impressive record for himself. But why doesn't his success in MMA get much recognition? Although on paper, a 15-2 record looks good, after a deeper dive, you'd see that Bobby never fought any high-caliber opponents. The biggest names on his resume are James Thompson and Bob Sapp. And although he signed with Bellator, he never faced any of the promotion's top competition. I remember back in Strike Force when the announcers were discussing the possibility of a matchup between Bobby and Daniel Cormier. But that never happened and I wish it did as it would have been a good test to see how good Bobby actually was. Which brings me to the question, how come he never signed with the UFC or how come the UFC never signed him? I mean, they found a huge amount of success with Brock Lesnar. And even if Brock didn't win fights like he did, he would have still been a massive draw due to his following in the WWE. Why couldn't that be the same for Bobby? Well, for one, Brock was the biggest star going into MMA. Although Bobby became very popular and found a lot of success in his first run in the WWE, it wasn't to the same level as Brock. Plus, he was entering the sport at the age of 32, which is pretty late. But the biggest reason why I think the UFC never signed Bobby was because he was still wrestling on the side of his MMA career. Although he was no longer in the WWE, he was still wrestling in the independent circuit in Japan and in TNA. He wanted to do both simultaneously. And personally, I just don't think that could be done at the highest level of MMA. Brock Lesnar put his wrestling career on hold to fully commit his time into fighting. And that's why he found the success that he did. Bobby was a solid fighter from the start, but he never evolved. And I don't think it's because he didn't want to, but more because he didn't have the time. I can only imagine how much wear and tear his body went through between wrestling and MMA. And that must have taken away from training and developing as a fighter. Regardless, Bobby did both professions at the same time and that deserves some credit. And even though he didn't fight at the highest level, he did good with who he was given. That's why I would give his MMA career a 7.5 out of 10. If he had fully committed to fighting, I definitely think the UFC would have given him a chance. At the most, I think he would have been a top 5 heavyweight with them. And his potential would have been greater had he entered the sport at a younger age. But as much as he loved MMA, he also loved pro wrestling. And since he became the WWE champion for the first time in his career, his stock is at an all-time high. Which is a shame because had this happened earlier in his career, it would have given him the leverage to sign with the UFC. But even though it didn't play out that way, he deserves all the success coming his way now. Because over the years, whether it was in wrestling or MMA, there is no doubt in the hard work that Bobby Lashley put in. My name is Keon and this is my take on how good Bobby Lashley actually was. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below because I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's all I have for now, so I'll see you on my next one.